Welcome to Shine Your Light, helping you cultivate healthier boundaries so your unique light can shine through. This is your host, Megan Wollever, and today we're going to be talking with Mindy Mortlock, who is a culinary coach and the founder of Conscious Table, which is an international movement that allows you to transform your relationship to cooking and eating. Welcome, Mindy. Hi, Mindy. Thank you, Megan. Welcome. How are you doing today? Good. I'm happy to be here with you. We're glad that you're here as well. So um, tell me, what is Conscious Table? What are you, what are you guys doing with Conscious Table? Mm. Conscious Table is the vehicle of Conscious Table is a three-hour living ceremony. The first two hours is a group process, and it leads into a one-hour silent meal, which is five-course, five-star, vegan, organic meal that is offered as a meditation. So the vehicle we use is that, and what we're doing with it is two things. We're, uh, or maybe even three we're showcasing what's possible with a meal of just fruits and vegetables. We are also offering a teaching in alternative social environments or intentional social environments. And the other thing that we're offering um, is some is a place for people to make some connections between their food, the earth, and the people with whom they share it with. That is the energy in which they interact with the food and the earth. So how do you how do you do that exactly? Um, the first part of the meal is a group process where people get to do arts and crafts all out of found objects from nature that states their intention for the evening. What it is they'd like to receive or learn from this time together, and also we do an altar piece that is the centerpiece for the table that they eat at, which is, again, a group process, all, again, all from found elements in nature that they get to be with while they eat. So um, as well as a guided meditation that brings in a heightened awareness of really we're one of five billion people sitting down to all eat together on the planet. And... So the combination of meditation and group process, group artwork, uh, specifically that brings mind and body into a connection with the earth, helps to bring it into view. And then we sit down to the meal, and in silence, um, really what we're aiming to do <clears throat> is to love you mm. with with our what we're offering. And, you know, we spent a lot of time trying to, like, not use the word love, um, but because it can be so abstract at this stage of the game, right? Mm-hmm. But this this is what, this is our intent, is that while you're there for an hour, that we love you with the beauty of the meal, we love you with the intention, mm. and, you know, an opportunity for you to love yourself as well mm. as the crew all makes the main course together before we sit down. So the course, there's five courses, and um, course number three is the main course, and everybody that 
participates in our event, um, makes that course together. So we really emphasize that this is a gift that you're giving yourself as well, which you receive in the container of what we offer. Hmm. We're going to cut commercial break, and we'll come right back and continue talking with Mindy about Conscious Table and eating as a spiritual practice. Hmm. The studios of Energy Talk Radio are located in the heart of beautiful downtown San Francisco, a city where the residents enjoy the art of good living and striving for the balance of body, mind, and spirit. From the gold rush to the golden age, San Francisco is a city rich in diversity and a pioneering spirit towards progressive ideology. EnergyTalkRadio.com produces and broadcasts inspirational shows helping listeners on the road to personal growth to become a part of the global transformation towards a new golden age. Energy Talk Radio is at the forefront of innovation, engaging in a conscious business model of helping people in need, directly supporting charities which help eradicate hunger, educate children, and empower people, ending the cycle of extreme poverty and suffering. We hope you will join us in our endeavor, shifting consciousness while making a difference with fun and inspirational talk shows. Welcome back to Shine Your Light. This is your host, Megan Wollever, and today we're talking with culinary coach Mindy Mortlock, who is the founder of Conscious Table. And we've been talking a little bit about what Conscious Table does. And um, what I'm curious about, Mindy, is um, why? What prompted this? What, what does it mean for food and eating to be a spiritual practice? Hmm. Um. That's a two-pronged answer. Um, one is food and eating is a spiritual practice. So the way that I define spirituality is um, that which brings unity in life mm. because life is whole, right? So like it or not, I do view that no matter what your practice is, I do believe that cooking and eating is a spiritual practice because it's a full circle, right? It comes from, food comes from the earth and then we purchase it and we put it back in our bodies and then it goes back out of us into the earth. It's It's the circle of life. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what you're saying, right? That's right. It's the circle of life. It is. So... There's that, and I and there's the energy piece, which I'll speak into, being that this is Energy Talk Radio. Um, the energy piece is, you, you ask so why, and I want to answer that for a moment. You know, my business partner, Jill, and I developed um, what we're doing over the course of two years, really, and really two years of conversations. And I would say the bottom line of our conversation is that we – have had really acute experiences, especially as young children, where what what is around us energetically or what went into the creation of the food is as important as the food itself. Mm. 
So as children, we were not at choice around the environment in which we partake our food. And now we've swung the opposite direction, which is like, how far can we take it to be at choice with the energy in which we ingest our food? Mm. So what I hear when you... Oh, I was going to say, um, what I hear when you say that is, I'm getting a little feedback here. That's just the nature of radio. (laughs) Well, that, and sometimes it's the headset uh, is like, gives the feedback and sometimes it takes it away. So I'm going to put on a headset and then we'll just temporarily interrupt our programming to see if that helps. Do, 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 do. Stay tuned. How is this? Better. Okay, I think good. we'll, we'll flow with it and see how it goes. So what right. I was just going to feed back to you was um, was that piece around, yeah, being raised with the food habits of our family and in some cases our ancestors and in some cases those are the food habits that are healing and in some cases those are the food habits that are not so healing. And when we sort of step into our awareness of our, our, our consciousness or our awakening or spiritual practice, however you want to language that, we realize that we have those choices, which you're talking about being at choice. So we have the power. We are empowered, which is one of the, um, one of the elements of healthy boundaries that I talk about stepping into total personal responsibility, which is your, your power to choose mm. at any time. Do that which strengthens you. Avoid that which weakens you. And everything counts, especially the stuff you put in your bod. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So you were – oh, so go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, to speak into what you're saying, that – um. You know, do that which strengthens you and avoid that which weakens you. I I really do think that our our you know our cooking and eating practice really is an engineering job, and that's part of the spirituality of it. Mm-hmm. Is like, um, the, you know, your body is the temple. Well, what kind of temple do you have? You know, does your temple like rocks or stones, or you know, does it need to be windproofed or what? And like everybody's temple looks different. So when you cook and you eat, you're strengthening your temple in your own way, you know, and getting to know that thing that you live in and nourishing it. Wait, you're not saying we should eat rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Just had to clarify that. Huh? Unless you're from Mars. Uh, Or you're a bird, right? Aren't there some birds that eat rocks in their stomach and... (laughs) To grind grind the food down because they don't have digestive enzymes, something like that. Dragons. Oh, dragons. David says, unless you're a dragon. So, so, um, talk more about, um, how eating food as a spiritual practice is a a way of loving yourself. Because you used the word love earlier, and I want to, I want to unpack that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done a ton of thinking about this one, and, you know, what I've put together is that um, using food as a spiritual practice, as a way to love yourself, um, really, it's, I think, an essential 
we'll give you the concept and then the application, right? Like, I think it's really an essential um, component towards doing reparation with where the earth is now. Mm. Because it's like, if we're going to repair our connection to the earth, then this is a contribution that we can make to the earth by making purchases in a loving manner. Like, who are we who are we supporting with our purchase? You know, what, what ideologies are we supporting with our purchase? You know, and with what energy are we contributing to ourselves and the earth when we eat? You know, and so when you take upon yourself to eat, to, to purchase and eat in a loving way, to me that supercharges you, right? Because that's a love that you're taking in. And then when you have more love inside of you, then that love is more available to come out of you. So, and you know, the earth right now needs a thousand things that it's not getting. So if we have more love inside, then it's going to be able to go outside for us to be, you know, warriors in the world right now. Yeah, yeah. That's what shines your light, right? When you're when you are feeding the information of love into your body, whether it's thoughts or the food that you're eating that loves your body and loves your cells, then your your light, your energy is bright and big and you're full and overflowing, yeah? Mm, that's true. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's how I read it at least. So what um what are some of the ways aside from taking a a meditative meal with conscious table or doing some cooking classes um, with conscious table. What are ways that, you know, people just sort of in every day in their life can begin to use food and um, the energy of eating as a spiritual practice? Um, well, there's some on the ground ways that I really endorse that I'll speak into. Um, one of them definitely is participating in community-sponsored agriculture. What's and that? It's, it's um, community-sponsored agriculture are farms that deliver, that are supported by membership fees. Mm. And they, <clears throat> you know, they get X dollars per month from everybody, and then that's their money to... To, for the farm people to live off of, and then once a week they do a drop, and then everybody in the CSA goes to that drop place and then splits everything up equally. So I want to speak into it for a moment how, how loving that really is, because first of all, you're not spending gas money going to the grocery to get things, and second of all, you're supporting people who are choosing to nurture the earth, and then also you are developing relationship with, with people who um, are putting love into what they're offering. So community-based, community-sponsored agriculture is something that I really, uh, I really believe in. And also what it does is it supports eating locally and seasonally. Because if we're not eating locally and seasonally, we are supporting trucks who are spending all kinds of gas to bring us things from who knows where. Mm. And if, if we can just adjust ourselves to like, hey, red peppers are really are only available for three months out of the year and go with it, right? Then like the, the footprint on the planet goes way down. Kind of like the idea of um, 
the um, who is it like Alice Waters and the the simple food movement where you sort of eat seasonally and eat locally and eat sustainably. Mm. Is it the simple food or slow food? I'm not sure. Slow, I know. slow food. Um, I think I'm thinking of the title of Alice Waters' cookbook, which is Simple Foods. Um, oh, okay. So, is if somebody wanted to, like in Idaho, wanted to find out about community sponsored agriculture, can they just Google community sponsored agriculture? And is there a bunch of, you know, is there a resource it, directory or? Right. That's a really tough one. Is why it's been hard for me to just say it on events like this. Is you know. Community-sponsored agriculture is, it's not everywhere, Mm. you know, really not. I would say, you know, only in big cities can you get on Google and then help yourself. And other than that, it's, you know, you need to do your your groundwork, you know. What's the difference between that and like a farmer's market then? Oh, very little. I would say farmer's market is like a close second, a super close second. Okay. You know, it's, the farmer's market is a place where, where, you know, conscious growers, well, some farmer's markets, right? You know, anyway, basically farmer's markets can be a place where conscious growers bring their goods once a week. And, like, it's not any, you know, any really any different. Just, you know, different venue and you go there yourself. So what is a conscious grower? Uh, A grower who's committed to um, organic standards and also to keeping um, healthy soil. Mm. And um, why why does it? I mean, this is I'm I'm asking a question that I already know the answer to, but I play dumb sometimes, you know, so that I can get good stuff out of the people that I interview. <laughs> so, what is what is organics, and why does it matter to eat organic food? Oh, okay. Um, well, organic food, you know, according to. According to the USDA, you know, is essentially foods that have that are free of. Um, I'll be really direct with you, like, you know, any sort of fertilization that comes from sewage is considered non-organic. Anything that has been radiated is considered non-organic. Um, things that have been, um, let's see, there's one more. Oh, soils that are not turned appropriately, like in order for soil to be healthy and, like, grow well has to be turned in an appropriate manner. Like, these are all things that are considered non-organic. So, you know, soil grown under proper standards and then fertilizing done under proper standards, this is what organic is. And, you know, not using pesticides, that's, that's what it is. And it's important for a lot of reasons. You know, there's the energy reason of, like, you know, using, like, sewage waste to grow our food is like, eh, it, that, yeah, know? that's kind of nasty. <laughs> that's pretty nasty, right? When I, I mean, for my living, I've had to read up on this stuff, and I'm like, wow, that is really nasty. And <laughs> we're going like, to cut to commercial break, and then we're going to continue this conversation because I'm fascinated. I want to learn more about um, what is organic. What does it mean to like have healthy soil? So we'll be oh, right back sure. with Mindy Mortlock. Tune in to The Power of the Possible with award-winning author and relationship expert Ariella McCarthy, cutting to the core of every issue and breaking apart many long-held beliefs that keep us from creating the life we claim we want but have been unable to create. Tune in each day at 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. Ariella explains 
We are not here to save anyone. We are here to love, to heal ourselves, and to hold the light for others. And then the light will point the way. Tune in to Life Without Limitation with Mark and Daya, where we explore stories of miracles, wellness, prosperity, and enlightenment through sound meditation and transformational thought processes. The show is based on the teachings of spiritual teacher Dattatreya Shiva Baba, the YouTube guru, who inspired best-selling author Dr. Wayne Dyer to write Manifest Your Destiny. The show is hosted by Mark and Daya, who experienced miraculous recovery from HIV and AIDS over seven years ago and survived a major heart procedure without anesthesia through meditations taught to him by Dattatreya Shiva Baba. Experience a life without limitation here on Energy Talk Radio. You're listening to Energy Talk Radio, conscious radio for a new era of hope. Our inspirational and fun shows help you to enjoy a better day while shifting global consciousness. Our fun and inspirational talk shows will empower you, our listeners, sponsors, and hosts to experience the joy of creating a more peaceful, joyful, and beautiful world. 30% of our proceeds go to various charities we sponsor each month. This month, we're sponsoring the Tripora Foundation. For more information about the Tripora Foundation, please go to www.triporafoundation.org. That's Tripora, T-R-I-P-U-R-A, foundation.org. Thanks for listening. Please contact us with your favorite charitable organization by emailing us at info at energytalkradio.com. That's info at energytalkradio.com. Please tune in to Coffee Meditations with Alice Moore, a fun and entertaining program defining what being healthy really means and how to do that in our modern world. The focus is on how to take your health seriously, but not too seriously that you don't do anything. Tune in to get practical food suggestions and meditation tips. Hear interviews with cutting-edge health counselors and healers in the Bay Area and beyond. Hosted by Alice Moore, certified holistic health counselor, mind sound technology teacher, and performing artist, a graduate of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York City and Boston University School for the Arts. She is passionate about demystifying health for anyone who wants to be happy, joyful, and free. Please visit our schedule page to learn when you can listen to Coffee Meditations with Alice Moore. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Do you need a detour off the super highway that's leading to distress? Come to lovedetour.com. It's more than just a social network. It's a place where people who experience breakups, dating issues, divorce, or even death of a loved one can find a great place to come together and find wonderful information. If you're looking for love, join us at lovedetour.com. Are you or your employees in a funk? Do you need a positive kick in the attitude to recharge your spirit and motivate you for success? Don't wait for your attitude to get the best of you. Get Attitude Digest today, the premier magazine for inspiration in the workplace and beyond. Published by legendary motivator Sam Glenn. Visit AttitudeDigest.com today to subscribe or submit your ideas. It's also available customized for your business. Inquire today at AttitudeDigest.com. Bismillah of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, oh. 
Welcome back to Shine Your Light. This is your host, Megan Wollever, and today we're talking with Mindy Mortlock, culinary coach and founder of Conscious Table. And Mindy was just giving us a little bit of a rundown on what is organic, um, and we were talking a little bit about community-sponsored agriculture, like farmer's markets. And uh, one of the things, Mindy, that you said that I thought was really fascinating is um, you were talking about what the um, qualifications are for organics. I mean, I personally have always just thought it's like, oh, are the um, are the fruits and vegetables sprayed with pesticides? But what you talked about is something about the health of the soil, and I'm really curious about what is what does that mean? Like, how is soil not healthy or healthy? Mm, okay. So the three major components of healthy soil are phosphorus, potassium, and nitrogen. Mm. So the the base elements that um, farmers use to make sure there is phosphorus, potassium, and nitrogen in the right quantity as well as balance are um, decomposed bedrock, which is, you know, dirt, quality, quality dirt, animal bone, fish and fish waste, food waste, i.e. compost, as well as animal waste. So all of these are put together in a certain delicate balance, which create healthy soil. Um, And just to give you an example, you know, right now we just got, I live in a, a community in Southern California, and right now we just got in 20 fig trees, and they're suffering a little bit. It's too cold for them right now. And um, we uh, we ordered a fish emulsion, and the fish emulsion can be fed into the water system, and this provides the right amount of nitrogen so that they can survive nights that are typically too cold for a fig plant. So, so why um, why does it matter if the soil is healthy or not? I mean, may, this maybe sounds like mm. a kind of a. Uh, Duh, question, but um, <clears throat> what does it make a difference if, if soil is tended and composted and all these kinds of things versus if it's just, you know, stuff is just wow. planted? Oh, okay. Um, trying to think of a really good metaphor for this. Um, I guess I can't think of one, so here we go. Um, the reason that it needs to be healthy is because uh, it, it, the soil – is okay so the plant takes things from the soil in like order nutrients to grow. right okay and so if we don't replenish the nutrients the plant takes from the soil essentially the soil dies not essentially the soil will die um a really great example of that is in Kauai. Kauai had one of the biggest dole pineapple plantations in the world like incredible huge and they they farmed it to the point that the soil died died like dead and they had to sell it to people who were going to build houses on it because it couldn't be used unless there was an intensive like 50-year regeneration process wow so does that just mean nothing would grow in it anymore that's right. They farmed it until, like, literally they would plant something and nothing grew. So these farmers, these um, community-sponsored agriculture and farms and organic farms and stuff that you're talking about, they know how to tend their soil so that it stays alive and they can it can keep growing things in it? That's right. And the two basic components are well-balanced soil with phosphorus, potassium, and nitrogen, and also um, crop cover. So, like crop cover and rotation. And what that means is that there is 
a cross, let's say there's strawberries on a one lane and then uh, uh, green beans on the next lane. And in between is actually just like a very like bushy plant that creates shade, but you're not actually, it's not sucking from the soil anything. It's just growing, uh-huh. right? Or So it's like, and so you, you take all the strawberries, you take all the green beans, and then the next time that you plant, you're going to plant uh, in the place where that crop cover lived, where like for the last four months, no, nothing was being actually like taken from that soil. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm just, yeah. I'm sort of thinking of this about, you know, so what does that mean for our bodies? And and what I'm kind of thinking about is that sort of twofold, um, you know, what is good for the body of Gaia or Mother Earth is good for for us, um, as above, so below. And also the concept of, um, this idea that if we're eating food from nutritionally depleted soil, then that means we're not getting all the nutrition that we need, right? That's right. And that's a really big thing. And if you like tap into the farming community, like this is a conversation you'll have around the dinner table over and over and over is that farmers who have farmed their land consciously for like 15 or 20 years that like they don't have to take vitamins anymore because their soil is so healthy that everything they need is actually coming from their food. Wow. Wow. And so if we're buying from farmers markets in these different places that have these kind of really nutritionally dense and rich soils, then we're actually um, saving money in the long run, right? Because we're not buying all those supplements that we have to pop into our mouth every day. Um, and we're also... Um, and we're also giving back to to our planet, right? To the earth, to the soil, which is you know the skin of the mother, right? Yeah, that's a really good, beautiful metaphor, Megan. You know, that's I guess that's what I learned to do from when I was farming. Is I just learned at farmers markets to ask, are they doing, um, you know, are you balancing your soil? Mm. You know, like. Yeah, that's how you know, because if they're not, it's like it's, you know, they have, it's a semi-conscious. Oops, we lost you there for a second. I was just going to say, I mean, if if an organic grower is not balancing their soil, then they're just in phase one of being organic. And then, you know, at phase two, you really learn how to care for the soil and, and care for the kind of like you yeah. care for the skin on your own body, right? We wash it every day. We put moisture mm. into it, moisturizers into it. We exfoliate it. We do all these things for our own skin and we need to do this for the skin of our planet as well. Uh, it's really beautiful. Yeah, it's really, really true. So we're going to cut to a commercial. And um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about like daily application. How do we how do we make eating consciously and shopping consciously and cooking consciously just a part of our daily life? Okay. Thank you for listening to Energy Talk Radio. Just by listening, you are a part of our collaboration to rid the world of hunger, thirst, and poverty. Energy Talk Radio produces and broadcasts inspirational shows helping listeners on the road to personal growth to become a part of the global transformation towards a new golden age. Energy Talk Radio is at the forefront of innovation, engaging in a conscious business model of helping people in need by directly supporting charities by donating 30% of their net profit to organizations that help eradicate hunger, educate children, and empower people, ending the cycle of extreme poverty and suffering. 
We hope you will join us in our endeavor shifting consciousness while making a difference with fun and inspirational talk shows on energytalkradio.com. Enrich yourself, mind, body, and spirit with products developed and handmade by the priestesses and priests of the kindred of Shyendra. Wild Seed offers natural, botanical, and spiritual items. Visit us at www.mashiataloya.com or call us at 510-688-4262. That's www.mashiataloya.com or call us at 510-688-4262. Hi, I'm Kim Hess, your divorce guru. Are you considering or been through a divorce? Need some motivation, sympathy, or humor? Tune in to Divorce Guru to listen, share, and learn how to make your life better after divorce than it was before through information, motivation, and humor. Go to the schedule page to see when you can listen to Divorce Guru on energytalkradio.com. You can also visit me at www.kimhess.com and check out my national divorce column on theexaminer.com, search word Kim Hess. Remember to listen to Divorce Guru, turning challenges into triumphs. Have fun with talented musicians, wonderful artists, fun and loving folks who explore the spirituality of silliness. Come laugh with us on Monkey Minds. <laughs> Tune in to Life Without Limitation with Mark and Daya, where we explore stories of miracles, wellness, prosperity, and enlightenment through sound meditation and transformational thought processes. The show is based on the teachings of spiritual teacher Dattatreya Shiva Baba, the YouTube guru, who inspired best-selling author Dr. Wayne Dyer to write Manifest Your Destiny. The show is hosted by Mark and Daya, who experienced miraculous recovery from HIV and AIDS over seven years ago and survived a major heart procedure without anesthesia through meditations taught to him by Dattatreya Shiva Baba. Experience a life without limitation here on Energy Talk Radio. Do you want to feel powerful and inspired by your life? Do you want to heal so that your past no longer dictates your future? Do you want to see and be seen as the magnificent being you truly are deep down inside or believe that you could be? This is Megan Wollever. My practice Emerge Healing helps you shift from feeling stuck to being struck by the magnificence of who you truly are. I am a teacher, a healer, and an evolutionary catalyst. And I offer programs, classes, and healings that activate the dormant potential inside of you. I've spent over 30 years studying and practicing healing in its various forms. And I have certification in over 20 different healing modalities, including hypnotherapy, energy healing, bodywork, coaching, intuitive guidance, and 22-strand DNA activations. Visit my website at EmergeHealing.com to learn more. And while you're there, sign up for my newsletter, Radiant Living, and receive tips, tools, and inspiration for living a magnificent life. Welcome back to Shine Your Light. This is Megan Wollever, your host, and today we're talking with Mindy Mortlock from Conscious Table. Mindy's a culinary coach. And along those culinary coaching lines, Mindy, I have a big confession to make. 
I am. I really struggle with the the food aspect of my spiritual practice. I recognize all of the stuff that you've been saying is true. I what I eat is is who I am. You are what you eat, and yet um, I I still really have. Um, I guess you could call them blocks when it comes to um, really it's the planning, I think, of the food. I, I literally I go to the grocery store and I go into total overwhelm um, just with all of the options and all of the food that's there. And um, <clears throat> and I also really uh, feel um, frustrated with with trying to figure out ways to to cook for for myself that are healthy and nutritious and also kind of simple and easy because I'm not necessarily a um, a gourmet cook meaning like I'm not going to spend hours and hours preparing one meal all right so you you want just some guidance around um, basically staying healthy and having basically I'm hearing like health, you know, staying healthy and also like being able to stay like navigated in the place of like overwhelm with your schedule or with the grocery store itself. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, what, um, what you're talking about is, um, is really powerful that, you know, the food that we eat and the way that we cook that food and the, um, places that we buy it from. So I transitioned to eating organic um, a number of years ago, but what I what I notice is that sometimes on the go, um, when I um, am out, uh, you know, in around town or whatever, and I don't um, I don't have something prepared with me, I you know how do I how do I get nourishing foods in my body that. Um, that aren't necessarily um, something that I've cooked at home, and then also, you know, what what kind of what kind of recommendations can you make for for you know ways to eat um, and incorporate this this kind of conscious eating um, into lifestyles that um, that sometimes tend to be sort of. Um, you know, it's our it's our American way of of living, right? We eat in the car, we eat on the bus, we eat while we're walking down the street. We do, <laughs> and it's True. not it's not necessarily healthy. It's not good for the digestion. So, you know, what are what are ways that we can start shifting that for ourselves? Yeah, right, right. You know, what I'm hearing you say is, given what is is like, you may you know, there are always going to be times you're going to eat in your car or on the bus or or, you know, whatever, as well as there's always going to be times when you're going to make food for yourself, how do you make sure that you're eating something optimal, ideally in a loving way, you know? Yeah, yeah. And how do we make those times, even when we're on the go, um, mindful yeah. eating practices? Right, right. Um, I want to start, I think let's start with the on-the-go thing and um, really basic Stuff like um, here, I'll just tell you what what I do because that's been a struggle for me as well. And like the ways that I've resolved my struggle is, um, I have <laughs> for myself. You know, I've I make my own flatbread, and I'm not saying everyone has like eight spare hours on a Saturday to make their own flatbread, but but generally a form of grain 
and protein that you can take on the road with you that you've designated as, like, your road food. Mm. Um, and just agree with yourself. Like, okay, like, almonds are always in my purse. And, like, this particular grain that's, like, in a pinch, it's better than, like, running into some restaurant and spending $25 on something mediocre for nothing, right? So when you talk about a grain, you don't mean, like, carrying a bag of rice <laughs> purse, right? What do you mean? <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Um, well, I, you know, I have a couple brands of bread that are 100% sprouted and, you know, no yeast. And if you just throw a couple of pieces in your bag when you leave, okay. you know, it's, it's better than, than nothing. So basically finding snacks that are not going to go bad on you. Is snacks. Snacks that yeah. aren't going to go bad on you, okay? Yeah, you know, and you know, you're in San Francisco. You have a little bit more leeway than I do down here with that one. But generally, and I would say for sure, um, what I do for myself is a protein option, a grain option, and then um, and then a, a fruit option, and then you're all set. You know, I always have dried fruit in my bag. I have a particular kind of bread that I make for myself. And then almonds. And then if you're like, you know, that caters to each need, right? Sometimes you need the heavy carbo. Sometimes you need the protein for grounding. And sometimes you need the sugar because you're just like kind of wiped out or whatever. So the almonds are what you carry for protein? Mm-hmm. But you could carry pretty any pretty much any nut, right? Nuts are good for protein? Yeah. 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 So it's kind of so like... That, that's how... I'm, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say it's kind of like packing a little... Um, to go lunch, to go pack lunch or snack pack for yourself and just keeping that with you at all times. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and once you get used to it, then if you forget it on a day, you'll realize how valuable it is to you. Huh. you know? So part of it is just um, getting in the habit is kind of what I'm hearing, mm-hmm. getting in the habit of carrying something with you. David has a question. Hi there. This yes. is David. I'm the. Hi, David. I'm the engineer, and um, I am. Uh, I've tried to be a vegetarian before, and it doesn't work for me because I can't think. My I just get too spaced out, and so mm-hmm. I'd, I've actually been spiritually instructed to eat meat. <laughs> so I'm wondering if you have any suggestions. I mean, like I, it sounds to me like you've got a, a a vegan perspective. Is that correct? Oh no, no, I'm an omnivore. I just no, I just ate some salmon an hour ago. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. <laughs> so, so but what's your question? I well, so I I guess my question was like, is it possible to to you know to live you know a healthy, balanced lifestyle as an omnivore? Because I I hear a lot of you know uh, vegetarians talking about you know eating a healthy lifestyle, but I don't hear a lot about omnivorism. Um, you know, there, as far as I'll give you a reference, I give you some input because I've had a lot of input or I've had a lot of thought about this myself because I used to be vegetarian and I was like not doing well. And so a reference is Mark Bittman's latest book, which I think is called, like, oh, we're losing you again there, Mindy. Your phone was cutting out. Um, 
Oh, there we go. Now you're back. So oh, what was the name of the book okay. again? Oh, I, you know, I wish I could tell you. It's But it's Mark Bittman's newest. And he is he, a guy, that. is he the guy that wrote The Omnivore's Dilemma? No. Oh, okay. I forgot. That's a good name. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, but his book addresses on a, you know, on a recipe basis, essentially this, which I've come to embrace, is that, you know, if you are a protein, if you do the animal protein thing, that generally you can remain healthy if you're doing a 25 or 30% animal protein, 70%, you know, grains and veggies and fruits diet. And it's, the, you know, that maintains a pretty low impact on the planet. Plus, you can generally get what you need with just like a 30% animal protein in your diet. Um, Did you say 30%? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it, that that doesn't sound – that. what am I trying to say? When I have done cleansing before, I have been surprised at how very little – I'm an omnivore as well – and how very little animal protein I actually need. I, you know, you, I, I was raised on the sort of meat and potatoes kind of, you know, typical um, um, American diet. And, um, and that's like you eat – protein you eat an animal protein with every meal bacon at breakfast you know you eat a hamburger at lunch you eat a steak for dinner and this is the good balanced diet and and what i found is that my body likes a lot more fruits and vegetables and a little bit of protein and that if i eat protein animal protein specifically at um one meal in the day that, that that's actually enough for my body but i think everybody's body's maybe a little bit different and you have to find what that what that sweet spot mm-hmm. is for you, just through experimentation. Yeah, that's what I've really come to believe. Because for some people, animal they only need animal protein once a week to feel well. For some people, it really is once a day. And for myself, it's once a day. And so it's totally dependent on what the, the person needs. And I have two more pieces of feedback about this. One is that um, there if you would like to participate uh, and, and have a look at what might be really, really conscious meat consumption, um, there's there are biodynamic farms, which are community-sponsored agriculture a lot of times. Sometimes they go to farmer's market, but biodynamic farms have animals that were killed in a spiritual way. And... Um, for me, the meat is a really different experience. I used to get sausage from a biodynamic farm in Northern California. and So that's one way that you can really ensure that that animal has been cared for and loved and really, you know, its life ended by a ceremony. And, like, it's not all over. I'm saying something that's not available to everybody, but that's definitely plan A. Um, do you think that that um, there are different life forms that that it doesn't it doesn't affect you as much? Like for instance, like a, a higher consciousness and in, in maybe something you know like an emu as opposed to a chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I don't mean that as a joke. No, I no, came I out as a joke, but yeah. you know, because yeah. sometimes like I've known a lot of vegetarians that will eat eggs, you know, because they they're. they're I guess their right. their whole spirit hasn't been evolved, but you know, of course, I I couldn't eat a dog because I've had too many friends that were dogs. Right. Well, uh, well, I've also heard that um, 
mad cow disease actually was um, the cows being really pissed off at us for the way we've been treating them. Like literally, you know, and, and I'm serious. I, I, an intuitive friend of mine said, you know, mad cow disease is we need to stop eating and treating the the cow the way that we've been abusing it and it's one of the ways that this animal is sort of sending that message to us uh-oh the chickens yeah. you better watch out for the chickens mm-hmm. i think the chickens are have reason to be pissed off as well yeah what about you mindy what do you um, think <laughs> i actually have thought a lot about this and in in my opinion um in my opinion eating eating things that have been grass-fed and are doing the certified grass-fed thing is really superior for for two reasons. One is that they, um, the grass that they're growing, if it's under organic standards, right, is like they're eating a really pure diet. And so their meat obviously is going to be more pure than, say, for example, a chicken where they're getting fed random compost and, and like, you know, insects like that, that basically it's like, you know, insects that are caught on the property that, you know, they go to the chickens and like the chickens are eating a much more random diet than, for example, a cow who is being raised under grass fed conditions where perhaps they're also getting stratted grain alongside the grass. So um, I would opt for doing a little research, which you know, looks into like what diet are these animals eating? If they're eating a cleaner diet, eat those animals. It's generally, generally speaking, that is um, red meat. You know, what are fish eating at this point in, in marine life? Hmm. And like chickens, we can never be sure totally what they're eating unless like you see, you know, on the, on the packaging, this has been fed in a certain way. And what also the grass-fed animals are doing for us is that they are processing um, types of nutrition that our stomachs actually can't process. Hmm. So like the grass that the cow is eating, actually that's really good for us. But our stomachs just can't break it down. So not only are we getting a clean diet from the cow, but we're also getting nutrients that are inside of that meat that we ourselves wouldn't be able to digest. Wow, I've never heard that before. That's really, that's pretty cool. And and so yeah. I, my mind is having all of these images of free-range chickens. That, that term always makes you think of them like they're cows out on the hillsides, you know, and there's the cowboys <laughs> going around rounding up. Rounding hey. up the chickens. <laughs> Come on, little chicky. <laughs> 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 oh, I know, random, really? sorry. <laughs> no. Free-range chickens. I live on a. I live on an establishment with free-range chickens, right? And free-range chickens are like uh, various variations. One is that they live in a huge fenced-in area and they just chill. They have their own little place where they lay eggs, but they have like a pretty large area where they can just roam. And the other is that um, some some chickens have like a pen. And, like, whatever size it is, who knows? But then they're let out for a couple hours a day to just, like, roam and be happy and, like, and all that. Be so that's, free, that's little really chickens. What... Exactly. And, and you know, I mean, like I said, in the, in the space of that, their, you know, their diet is pretty, is definitely more random, you know, than, like, a sheep or a, or a cow. So, so um, 
What are some of the other you you've talked a little bit when we started we were talking about intentional dining atmospheres and we talked a little bit mm-hmm. about like sort of eating on the run <clears throat> and um and you know whether you're driving or on the bus or at your desk at your office so what are some what's something that we could do maybe if we're in the on the go phase, you know, we're at our desk at work and we have to eat our lunch at desk. What What's something we could do to make that intentional? Wow, that's a good one, huh? Um, you know, I guess I've been faced with that before and if you have to, you know, if you really are in a space where it's like I have to eat at my desk, um, I just take a moment and, you know, I guess I what I do is I feel the energy and I'm like, okay, this is me convening with my food and nothing else from this environment is getting into this space where I'm convening with my food. And I just remember, like, I got up this morning and I made this food for myself and this is a gift that I make for myself so that I can put optimal nutrition in my body so that I can have optimal performance in my life. And I just use that mental structure kind of wherever I am, you know? Well, and even if you didn't make your own food, there's that piece of, um, I was sort of reminded, I think this comes out of the Cafe Gratitude um, Abundance Workshop, but but understanding that um, there is a cycle and many hands have touched whatever it is that you're eating. You know, whether it was the hands of the farmer that planted the seeds or the workers that harvested the the um the vegetables or the the truck driver that drove the harvested vegetables to the processing plant but but t- or the grocery store person that put it on the shelf or the farmers market person but just taking a moment and like opening your heart and being grateful and feeling gratitude for all of the people that that came together and all the systems that came together are the the sun and the rain and the earth that that held space for the food as it as it grew um, and and just taking a moment and like really imagining or feeling into that right and and feeling the gratitude thanking all of the resources that came together to bring this beautiful meal to you, wherever you are, whether you're sitting at your desk at work, whether you're at around a table with a, all of your loved ones, or whether you're in a restaurant, just taking a moment and, and really being grateful um, and allowing that energy of gratitude to expand in your body and really feeling that energy in your system, um, it blesses the food, you know, and it blesses your body, right? Right, right. Yeah, no kidding. I do, yeah. It is. It's a good one to remember, for sure. So, Mindy, if somebody wanted to find out more about um, Conscious Table and the work that you're doing, how would they go about doing that? Oh, www.conscioustable.com. So, www.conscioustable.com. Um, mm-hmm. Mindy, thank you so much for being with us today and, and sharing, gosh, your wealth of knowledge about food and soil and um the spirituality of of eating and cooking as a as a practice of of honoring our body and raising our light. I really appreciate you being on the show today. Oh well, thank you so much. We are the last thing I want to say is that we are offering these events in Vancouver, British Columbia, as well as in Southern California. 
in Ventura County. And so they can contact you if they want to find out more about signing up for an event. Thank you, and thank you for all of our listeners today. Namaste. Namaste.